Welcome to Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. I'm your host, Tekla, and I'm ready to guide you on a transformative journey of holistic health and self-discovery using the power of the Law of Attraction. We've all heard tales of manifesting fortunes and jet set adventures, but this, this is a different journey. Here we focus on achieving abundant health, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. With the Law of Attraction, I've healed chronic pain, overcome a diagnosed mental illness, and reversed PCOS. We're all about realigning our energies to manifest our full potential. As we focus inward, raising our vibration, you'll be astounded by the ease at which the universe responds. Once you focus on yourself, the rest just falls into place. My goal for each weekly episode is to provide you with practical, easy to apply steps that you can weave directly into your daily routine. Together, we'll navigate the path to achieving your own health and wellness goals. So let's dive right in. Hello, my wellness witches. I'm your host, Tekla. This is Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. And today I'm excited to report that life finally feels really good right now. Things feel amazing, actually. And that's what I'm so grateful for this week. It's not just one thing specifically, it's just that I really, truly feel like everything is finally falling into place at last. The dust has settled, things look so different right now. I personally look and feel like a totally new person compared to that version of me that was living in Denver this time last year. I would say after addressing my health and balancing my hormones, I've lost close to 50 pounds. That's not exact because I don't weigh myself, but I do know that I ordered a size 18 dress for my sister's wedding this time last year, and I've just purchased a skirt this week that's a size 12. I've got a part-time job with great money coming in there. I've been given a raise and promoted already to a more senior position, and I've only been there about a month. I'm picking up my dog Dax in exactly seven days from quarantine in Melbourne. I have a vacation booked for a few days to Port Douglas in November, which is a stunning beach town in the tropical north of Australia. I'm going to visit a good friend that's on vacation there. She's an old co-worker of mine, actually, and a fellow podcaster. She is the co-host of Murder in the Rain, which is an incredibly successful indie true crime podcast about murders in the Pacific Northwest. If that's something you're into, definitely check it out. Last year, that podcast ranked in the top 1%, I believe, so it's definitely worth a listen. Anyway, to round it all out, I've reconnected with close family and friends here, and things are feeling really solid for the first time in a long time. And that's what brings me to our topic today. Things feel so good. Almost too good to be true. I've been getting this overwhelming feeling that things are going so well that something catastrophic must be just right around the corner. I know I'm not the only one that has had that feeling, so we're going to talk about it today. There's actually a term for it, and it's called the upper limit problem. I learned that term from Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap. The upper limit problem holds us back from our true potential because when things are going well in life consistently, you find yourself thinking, that's not possible. It's almost like we've been conditioned to believe that we're not allowed to feel too good. That that feeling is dangerous and a vulnerable place to be. Hendricks says, Each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. 
When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we'll often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Is this sounding familiar? Can you relate to this? I am sure the majority of us can, whether we're aware of it or not. I'm going to give you some examples of situations where we can see the upper limit problem present in real life. Let's start with Sarah. Sarah is a successful entrepreneur, and she just achieved a major business milestone and enthusiastically planned her dream vacation to a tropical paradise in the Maldives to celebrate. Just two days before her departure, she falls ill with a severe respiratory infection. Despite feeling physically exhausted and drained, Sarah decides to go ahead with her vacation, thinking she can just still enjoy the getaway anyway. As she arrives at the sunny destination, her symptoms get worse. She spends her vacation coughing and sneezing and feeling so miserable. Her energy is just depleted. She can't enjoy the beautiful beach and the sparkling ocean because she's just feeling so sick. Then Sarah starts to regret going on the vacation and feels like she should have postponed the trip. Now she's stuck with this miserable experience instead of this relaxing celebration that she's worked so hard for. Okay, we'll come back to this in a second, but for now we're moving on to Rachel. Rachel has always struggled with self-sabotage in her relationships. Whenever she found herself in a loving and secure partnership, she couldn't help but feel uneasy. It was as though happiness made her uncomfortable and she'd start picking fights over trivial matters or become distant with her partner when their affection grew stronger. One day, Rachel meets Mark, who seems perfect for her. Their connection is undeniable, but her self-sabotaging tendencies resurface. Instead of opening up about these fears, she creates conflicts and pushes Mark away. Mark is this patient and understanding guy, and he encourages her to communicate. But despite Mark's best efforts to work through these issues, it just puts such a big strain on the relationship and it becomes too much to bear and leads to a painful separation. That one's really tough, and it's a scenario I know I have personal experience with. But we're going to move on and come back again, and we're going to finish with Michelle. Michelle reaches a significant career milestone when she receives a substantial promotion and a significant raise at her job. She's eager to reward herself for her hard work, and she wants to indulge in an extravagant purchase, like a designer wardrobe or an exotic vacation. She believes she deserves these indulgences, and she thought they would make her feel more accomplished because she's celebrating her success. However, the allure of all of these luxury items and extravagant experiences become addictive. As she continues to indulge in these purchases, Michelle's debt begins to pile up. Her credit card bills from luxury shopping sprees and these lavish trips soar, and she has multiple loans from multiple sources, all demanding payments. She can't keep up with this mounting financial debt, and her once promising career success is overshadowed by the heavy burden of this debt and financial stress. If any of these scenarios feel familiar to you, or you've witnessed them occurring in the lives of close friends or family members, I want you to know that we all experience the upper limit problem in different ways. My goal is just to show you how we often unconsciously self-sabotage our own happiness, success, and well-being when we reach these certain thresholds in life. In that book I was talking about, The Big Leap, 
Hendricks talks about Fortune 500 CEOs and several celebrities that have run into their own upper limit problem. He also talks about lottery winners. Did you know that a study found that over 60% of lottery winners blow all of their winnings within two years and return back to their original net worth? Some of those people actually end up in worse financial positions than before their win. It happens to all of us. So you're probably wondering why. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we experience the upper limit problem? Well, there are several reasons, so let's get into them. Firstly, many of us having this ingrained limiting belief about our capabilities, our worthiness, and what kind of life we deserve. And these beliefs often stem from childhood experiences, societal conditioning, or even past failures. When we start to reach these new heights, these beliefs can trigger feelings of unworthiness or that feeling that we don't truly deserve our newfound happiness or success. And the next thing that happens, almost all of us fear the unknown, and that's part of human nature to do so. So stepping into uncharted territory is intimidating, and when we move beyond our comfort zone, we encounter the unknown, which can spur these feelings of fear and anxiety. Our upper limits then act as a defense mechanism to keep us within the familiar and safe confines of our comfort zone. And some of us who experience this fear start to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage can be a way for people to cope with their feelings of vulnerability or inadequacy. And by creating problems or conflicts in their lives, they regain a sense of control and protect themselves from the perceived risks associated with greater success or happiness. Unfortunately, past trauma can also cause an upper limit problem. Past experiences of rejection or failure can leave emotional scars that affect our self-esteem and confidence. These unresolved traumas resurface when we achieve success or happiness, causing us to self-sabotage to avoid that emotional pain. It's a protection mechanism. Because what we know, our comfort zone, is safe. We've spent a lot of time there, and we're familiar with it. It's a predictable space where we feel in control and at ease. And when we venture beyond it, our ego and our subconscious mind tries to protect us. Remember, the subconscious mind is wired to prioritize safety and survival. So it resists change, even if that change is for the better. Sometimes we forget that our ancestors once had an exclusively primal brain. A part of the brain called the amygdala acts as a control center for potential threats. It processes emotional responses like fear and anxiety as a means of preparing our bodies for the flight or fight response. This physiological reaction is a survival tactic that served our ancestors well in the face of immediate physical dangers like running from a lion. But in today's context, we don't randomly run into a lion wandering around on the street. We actually rarely experience situations where our life is in immediate danger. So the amygdala often misinterprets stepping out of her comfort zone as a threat, triggering the release of those stress hormones like cortisol. And that's what causes these feelings of discomfort, fear, and resistance. Now the most important part, let's talk about how to overcome the upper limit problem. Firstly, I'd highly recommend reading the book that we've been talking about today, The Big Leap. It's in the show notes if you're interested. I also have 10 ways you can work on addressing this problem. 
The first one is increasing awareness. Pay attention to the self-sabotaging behaviors, thoughts, and emotions that arise when you're on the cusp of achieving greater happiness or success. Journaling can be valuable, too, to track these patterns long-term. That said, do this with curiosity and just don't get overwhelmed by it. The goal is just to notice it happening because you can't fix something if you don't know what's broken, right? Number two, start to challenge your limiting beliefs. We need to start identifying and confronting them because that is the foundation of your self-sabotage. We did a whole episode on limiting beliefs in season one. I think it was episode four, if you want to go back. But to streamline what we know, these beliefs often revolve around worthiness, deservingness, or the fear of the unknown. Get used to questioning the validity of these beliefs. Ask yourself where that came from. Where did you first learn that? Is there any truth to that? What evidence do you have to disprove that belief? And then start to replace those outdated ways of thinking with empowering and positive beliefs about yourself and your capabilities. Number three, practice self-compassion. Always, always, always be kind to yourself. Understand that this upper limit problem is a common human experience, and it's okay to acknowledge your vulnerabilities and your fears. Self-compassion can help you manage the discomfort of stepping outside the comfort zone. Number four, celebrate your wins. And we did an episode on this too in season one. I think it's called The Energy of Celebration. Recognize and celebrate your achievements, no matter how small they seem. This positive reinforcement helps to build confidence and reinforces the idea that you deserve happiness and success. Number five, expand your comfort zone slowly and gradually. Rather than making drastic changes, take incremental steps outside of your comfort zone. This gradual approach can help your subconscious mind adapt to new experiences without triggering that fear. Number six, start to cultivate a growth mindset. Embrace challenges and setbacks as opportunities for learning and growth. A growth mindset fosters resilience and a willingness to take risks ultimately helping you overcome self-imposed limitation. Number seven, seek support. Share your goals and challenges with a trusted friend, a mentor, or a therapist. Having someone to hold you accountable and provide guidance can be so helpful in breaking through your upper limit. That trusted person can help you explore the upper limits you're running into and work through them with you. My best friend C does this with me all of the time. We keep each other in check. Often one of us will say something and the other one goes, no, we don't love that mindset. Let's think about it in this way instead. And you'll be surprised about what comes out when you're not thinking about it and paying attention. I think the other day I said something like, why can't people just be supportive and let me live my best life? And she immediately jumped in and said, you can live your best life despite what other people think. We're prioritizing what brings us happiness and joy, and we're going to let the haters hate on us and not give it another thought. And I was like, whoa, you're right. We're not letting other people bring us down. Now, number eight, practice mindfulness and meditation. I said it once. I said it a thousand times. These practices and these methodologies can help you become more present and aware of your thoughts and emotions. Remember, we can't fix something if we don't know what's broken. 
Mindfulness can be a powerful tool in recognizing and managing self-sabotaging tendencies, especially when you're finding yourself experiencing fear or another distressing emotion. I personally like to use the five senses method to bring myself back into the present moment. All of a sudden, sometimes in conversation, I find myself distracted and thinking about something, maybe from the past or maybe from the future. And this is how it works. The first thing I do is I observe. I use my eyes. I take a moment to look around me and notice everything that I can see. Colors, shapes, peoples, other details. And then I listen. I use my ears. I start to tune in to all the sounds around me, near, close to me, and farther away, and notice everything I can hear. The next thing is I use my sense of touch. I pay attention to those physical sensations like texture or warmth or pressure. And then taste. And if you have any food or drink, savor that mouthful. Think about it more mindfully. Take a slow sip of your drink. Is it hot? Is it cold? Notice those things. Then I use my nose and I notice any scents or fragrances in the environment, like maybe coffee or the salt of the sea. Is there anything that you notice there? By engaging these senses in these really simple steps, you can quickly ground yourself in the present moment and reduce that stress or anxiety. Let's move on to number nine. Get more comfortable with success. And I do this by visualizing. Create this clear and vivid mental image of your desired success. I once heard somebody talk about this, like shutting your eyes and imagining yourself in the room that you're in right now, in the very seat you're in, and this big portal opening for you right in front of your feet. And that portal takes you exactly to that moment in life, but in your dream desired reality. So as you step through this portal, you're jumping right into the life of your dreams. And you visualize yourself stepping through, walking into that room or wherever it is. Maybe it's your dream house. Maybe it's on the beach somewhere. Maybe you're always traveling and on vacation. Whatever it is, you're stepping through that portal and you're spending just a couple of minutes exploring. You're looking at maybe your five-star beautiful walk-in closet filled with designer bags. Maybe you're walking onto the balcony of your dream home and there's a beautiful ocean awaiting you and the sun's setting and you have a nice cocktail in your hand. Whatever that looks like for you, just spend a couple of minutes exploring. Go from room to room. If you're traveling, maybe you're in front of the Trevi Fountain in Rome or the next minute you're in the Eiffel Tower. Like I said, I just spend a couple of minutes there and then I come back and that gets me more comfortable with that life. When you're sitting in it and you're feeling it and you're, and you're really immersed and you're visualizing it, you're helping to reprogram your subconscious mind and reduce that fear that's associated with achieving your goals. And number 10, keep learning. Continuously educate yourself and start to prioritize personal growth. The more you learn and develop, the more skills you acquire, the more confident and capable you become, and that can help you push through your upper limit. Some things will work for you and others won't. But as you work through those upper limits and increase your success and quality of life, you're going to form new limits and you're going to have to break through those too. It's a cycle and it's something you're definitely going to have to work on at various stages of your life as you're continuing to achieve those goals and move up that ladder. I opened up a little bit about what I've been going through at the start of the episode. I'm in a phase where I'm actively working on self-improvement and self-awareness. 
One of the key things I'm focusing on is making conscious decisions that align with the life of happiness and abundance. Just yesterday, I had an exhausting day at work. When I finally got home, the last thing I wanted to do was go through my usual routine of taking all my vitamins and supplements and then getting in the shower and doing my facial massage. In that moment, I was so tempted to just skip it all. I was thinking, what is the point anyway? But then I caught myself and I realized that this thought pattern felt a lot like self-sabotage. I just questioned why I would even consider not taking those supplements. It literally takes five minutes. Why would I skip that shower? I just spent the day in a crowded bar knowing I shouldn't be going to bed like that. And why would I neglect to wash my face when I had makeup on and fresh clean sheets that are waiting for me? These things sound really small and trivial, and it wouldn't have been a big deal to skip it for just one night. But those things are integral to taking care of myself and honoring my commitment to living a healthier and happier life. Why am I having moments where I'm suddenly not allowing myself to end the day on a good note, or set myself up for success, or just feel good before going to bed? It's moments like these that remind me the importance of being mindful and recognizing when we're on the verge of self-sabotage. Awareness is 90% of the game, friends. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Once we're aware of these patterns and tendencies and how they emerge, we're in a much better position to more effectively redirect that energy in a way that's more useful and in alignment with our priorities. I come back to this question all the time. Do you want to live your best life? I literally say that to myself. Tekla, do you want to live your best life? And the answer is always, fuck yes, I do. So I need to notice when I'm upper limiting myself, when things feel too good to be true and make that conscious mindset shift. I need to reframe that thinking and lean into all the good that is happening and everything that is working out in my favor because I'm starting to live the life that I asked for. And I don't want to go back into my comfort zone. I want to move forward and grow and get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Does it feel weird to finally go to bed and reflect and think that all the shit that I went through earlier this year is actually working out for the better? Absolutely. But that's what we want. That's what we asked for. And we're not going to self-sabotage. We're going to commit to living our best lives and to being happy because we can. And when we emit that vibration, the universe responds favorably. Okay, friends, if you want to join a community of amazing wellness witches, please hop over to Instagram and give us a follow at Heal Yourself with L-O-A. That's Heal Yourself with L-O-A. L-O-A is in the law of attraction. All other links and contact details are in the show notes if you need them. That's all for today, witches. Peace, love, and mung beans. Bye.